Hello and welcome to today's PropCast. I'm Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting and our MMC week continues today with one of the most exciting startups in the UK market, a company called Top Hat and its founder, Jordan Rosenhouse, who joined me a little bit earlier on for a conversation. But Jordan, as you're here, it's from New York. Uh, sadly, we weren't able to conduct this conversation, the famous Katz's Deli in New York. Uh, we had to do it over the internet, so sorry about some of the crackly sound. But as you're here, some fantastic conversation around design, around technology, and around how councils can really ha- start to, to have more of a role once again in the UK housing market, a role they've not really had for you know over, over 30 years. And as you'll hear, Jordan's very passionate about design, very passionate about people having more control over a better quality product. Uh, and while he started his career on Wall Street as an analyst and continued in the development sphere, he's absolutely, uh, absolutely passionate and absolutely committed to trying to just to drive up standards and, and make and make the whole sector a lot better and, and using technology he believes is an absolutely critical role of getting there. Now, just over a year ago, Top Hat secured 75 million in funding from Goldman Sachs. And I started by asking Jordan how that money's been invested and where he sees the future going for his business. Yeah, so right now we're continuing to build out the, uh, the business case around integrating technology platform with production. And uh, over the last year, we've, uh, we've developed a whole catalog of houses and standard parts that we could use to get the variation that I think people really want to see in real estate, specifically in modular construction. And that's basically enabling quite a personalization to take place in terms of what people want and what they get, rather than just having identical product everywhere. It definitely. Uh, you know, anytime you manufacture anything, you know, obviously the best way to do it is to make standard components and standard parts. But with homes, they have to be personalized. And so you have to be able to appeal to a wide range of tastes. And the only way that we felt that we could do that is to, you know, build out this tech platform and to build out this catalog of components that would enable us to get that variation. So, so tell us a little bit about the platform, then, because that's one of the USPs of Top, isn't it? Is this this uh, you know this heavy investment you made into tech and the way that the platform was able to be responsive to different sorts of needs and, and enable you to really uh, drive efficiency savings at every point of the chain? Yeah. So what the what the platform enables us to do is to treat different variations as standard parts, and so again, when when you're going through the manufacturing process and you want all the benefits of optimization, repetition is crucial and it's important. But of course, when you throw in wrinkles such as different uh, layouts and, and different uh, cladding and different you know, window configurations, it, it changes the way in which you, you, you build them out. And if you're not going to be able to link the supply chain with your design and production process, uh, it makes every time you do something very complicated, a one-off, a new system. Whereas in, we, we realized very early on that you know, we didn't have the time uh, to, you know, to treat every new house as if you know, it were its own product. So there would have to be some form of standardization. The only way, again, to do that is through the tech platform. So in terms of the, the, the cladding and design, obviously one of the things that Brits get very very obsessive about is is brick 
um, and cladding. Obviously, since the Grenfell tragedy, there's been a very, very big political and, and social focus on cladding. And I guess one of the concerns that people have around the whole OSM offsite manufacturing agenda is safety. You know, what is the, the, the level of quality that these factory manufactured homes offer? Am I going to be safe living in one? Uh, and how can I ensure that it's not going to look? You know, let's be honest there. People are concerned about, about stuff being built in factories. It looks like a piece of crap. How can we reassure people? And, and what have you done? What have your steps have you taken to invest to, to deal with some of these concerns? Yeah, so I think the concerns and you know, raised from different standpoints. Of course, there's health and safety. Then there's quality. There's there's design. Uh, it it's could be. There's a lot of different concerns. I, I would say that with Top Hat, you know, structurally we went for a 75 year design life, uh, which is 15 years greater than even traditional brick and mortar. So from you know a, a structural standpoint, we're very comfortable. And then it's really just a question from you know, to make sure that, you know, you're, you're very focused on, on fireproofing and on health and safety in general. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, and, and you make the point there about, about the warranties and the guarantees. And that, that is quite a crucial thing, isn't it? In terms of that product. So this reassurance that the customer can get a mortgage, they can get insurance. And if you're a housing association looking to use MMC as part of its development pipeline, there's not going to be any issues at all around quality and fire safety, which is obviously something everyone's going to be very sensitive yeah. of right now, isn't it? Absolutely. And on the contrary, I would say that our quality, uh, of course, you know, there's a big case for quality in, in, M in MMC exceeding traditional. Of course, if it's done well, it should exceed it dramatically. Uh, but of course, from a health and safety standpoint, you know, it, it should be very similar. So one of the issues that you see on site is that even if the house is designed to a certain standard, it's not always built to that standard. So you could build a house towards an energy rating. And, and uh, of course, you know, the final product has nothing to do with how it was designed. And the materials, as we saw in Grenfell, weren't necessarily the materials that were, that were supposed to be procured in the first place. One of the benefits with Top Hat is that every material that we put into the house is cataloged. It's cataloged and it's saved as part of our ERP system. So there's really no way of, of moving away from that design. So if it's designed that way, it's built that way. And that, and you see that with energy efficiency, you see that with the different parts in the house, you'll always see that form of consistency. And you just can't get that on a regular building site. It, it, it would be too difficult. And, and presumably with that, in, you know, in the, the platform, any of those things can be independently verifiable at any point in the process, can't they? Absolutely. So we, we go through uh, we go through two audits a month and everything has to in order to get our ISO standards and also for our BOPES uh, and for our BOPES accreditation. And then, of course, we have to then pass regular building control. So we have really three audits you know, every month. And whereas if you're a traditional builder, you only go through building control. So we have to have everything really buttoned up. And, and in terms of trying to make all of this stuff a bit easier, in terms of getting planning sped up a little bit here, there is quite a strong argument, isn't there, for having a more building control-led planning system where we essentially agree, uh, almost like you guys have in the States, a more of a zoning principled system whereby we, we assume that in a certain area you can do X, Y, or Z, and provided that a, a, specific, a specific development meets 
uh, building regs, then it should be allowed. How, how do you think an approach, a more progressive approach like that could help in terms of speeding stuff up, driving more investment, and just getting stuff done? Yeah, I definitely think it can help, but we didn't, we built Top Hat around being able to work with different uh, local authorities within their own needs. And so, again, that's the point behind the variation. And so, you know, obviously anything that could speed up the sales cycle would be beneficial to everybody, but I kind of like the idea of local authorities having, you know, their own uh, you know, opinion on what things should look like, how they should be designed. Um, quality standards, we should effectively be able to hit all of these different um, choices, or at least a large part of them. So I'm, I'm not as bothered by that as, uh, as as you would think. And, and how do you how do you manage to ensure that, that that you can, I guess that you can capture the local vernacular of uh, different councils' design tastes and preferences. You know, you've obviously only got a limited number of variants to work with so so what are you able to do that means you can go and build something in Kent, build something in bath build something in the north and maybe build something in london as well well yeah of course you could change your roof structures you could change your window layouts you could change your floor plans you could change your cladding colors bricks design uh, there's a host of things that you can do to give you know the character that that different that local authorities you know strive for uh, you know, the, I, the variations really, when it comes down to it, are are, are vast. And and in terms of the um, in, in terms of working with the supply chain, clearly the you know what we've seen over the whole COVID crisis has been uh, you know a, a reckoning to some degree for globalism. Um, given that a lot of the uh, I guess a lot of the the MMC fraternity is using the same supply chain as conventional construction. What what's what are we going to need to do to move this industry forward? Are you guys, you know, with factories going to need to, to look at different suppliers? Are you going to need to bring them in house? Are you going to how how are you looking at uh, 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 moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great question, Andy. When you when you look at more developed manufacturing industries such as automotive, I mean, what really drives that up? That, that industry forward is the supply chain that's been you know developed over decades. We don't have that yet in MMC, so sometimes we have to develop solutions ourselves. And bricks are, is a perfect example. So we we didn't like the solutions that were available in the market, and so we started to three D print our own bricks. And um, you know it's turning out to be you know a very wise uh, and uh, well very successful venture. You know, we have to start to look, and the industry as a whole, not just top that, I mean, in, in collaboration with one another, solutions around it, around different, um, you know, challenges that we would have in the supply chain. So tell us about the, the 3D printing of bricks. What, what what goes in and what comes out? Yeah, so basically, you know, brick dust goes in and, uh, you know, we have um, what looks like brick slips comes out, except they're effectively unbreakable or they're very difficult to break, I should say. Uh, we have you know, excellent fire ratings. Uh, they're less porous than brick, so they actually do the job of brick better, which is keep water away. So useful um, in England, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was tremendously useful, and and they're great for the environment. So we can effectively create fifty uh, of our bricks for one or two regular bricks, and and as we know, making bricks is not great for the environment. 
especially when you do brick flips, when you have a brick flip planning solution, you have to cut a brick in half actually. And so when you put it on a, uh, yeah, on a house, you know, you're throwing away half a brick effectively. So hmm. we didn't think that that was a very positive solution. And so we had to look elsewhere, but in time, in time though, MMC will develop solutions for a host of, of, of supply chain issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I, no, I mean, please go on. I mean, I think that the, the brick point is, is fascinating. And that, you know, from a, a local planning perspective, it's often quite a central plank of, of debate, isn't it? You know, most people, if you give them a building that they don't hate, will, will generally support it. Um, and, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, the, the, we, we've gotten some very positive feedback from local authorities because, you know, we, we don't look at the planning process as contentious. I mean, we, we want to be able to create beautiful streetscapes and communities the same way that planners do. And, you know, we're, we're able to hit, again, variation and not just in different facades or looks, but, but you know, also with, again, layouts and, 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 and windows and you know, different kind of architectural details throughout the house. And so, you know, for us, you know, we want to be in this with a local authority and, you know, we want them to love the homes as much as we do. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. No, that's, that's a very good point. So, look, I mean, tell us a little bit about, about how you came to end up here doing this, because you, you've got a, a pretty broad background in financial services and, and real estate in North America. So, what, what, you know, what was your what was your grounding? What led you to be in London, sort of sitting between these these kind of warped worlds of tech and construction? Yeah, so uh, it's a long journey, I, I, I guess. You know, I was the, the short version is I was here working on student housing, and uh, you know, while I was here, I saw that there was a need for housing, uh, just general housing, not just student housing, and that the market was very big. And and uh, you know, as I looked into it more, I saw that you know there were solutions that were needed, and uh, in order for the government to hit the housing targets, and you know, I have been involved in development projects most of my career, and you know. Rarely am I happy with the results. You know, the construction construction is generally not on time, not on budget. Um, it's a industry that that needs a bit of you know a shake up. It has less R and D invested into it than almost any other major industry. Uh, and so, I I realized that you know what better place you know to to start something like this than here in the UK, where you know where where there's there's such a push for you know for greater housing and, and for well there's a demand for housing yeah and, and and presumably as well this whole platform that you're creating and that others in the sector that we've been speaking to over the last week are creating as well all of these things can potentially be pretty pretty fantastic export businesses for the uk couldn't they because i mean housing is obviously a, a global issue and whether you're you know, whether you're building it with bath stone in the west of england or you know out of timber somewhere else there's always going to be a need for housing everywhere in the world isn't it yeah absolutely and you know again you know the, the the most important thing is that you know these companies are well capitalized so that they can hit you know good cost efficiency and 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 uh, again they can hit different variations and you know whether you're doing this here or you know you're sending this to another country as long as you can hit that local vernacular and those local building regulations you know the sky's the limit and, and ideally i'm guessing that with the platform that you guys are building it's pretty it's pretty easy to to to, to switch things around for a different 
for different markets and different building regs and, and other other inputs that the local municipality might might decide it wants to enforce yeah well i don't want to say it's easy but again it's why we we uh we we invested in this well, it's it, possible it it, rather than easy absolutely it makes it a lot more achievable and, it, and again it, it it opens up a host of options uh, whereas if you know you just wanted to you know build a module in a shed uh to hit you know a local you know, design uh, you know you're, you're kind of limited in what you can do so absolutely i mean it, it, it's the cornerstone of, of what we believe at top of. so so how far away do you think we are then from consumers being able to to almost shape their own homes kind of in the way that you talk about shaping bricks at what point do we get to where a consumer can roll up to uh, you know, to a shop. Obviously, there's going to be a few less shops on the high street soon. So let, let's imagine for a second that local authorities might set up their own storefronts where you can go in and pick a home. How many years are we away from being able to do that where you can almost, you know, perhaps even 3D print the whole home? Yeah, so you know, three. So we looked into three D printing of a home, but you know, when, when it's the structure of the home is not really the issue. It's what it it's what's inside of it, and a lot of the MEP work, which is the mechanical electrical plumbing. It, so three D printing in itself of the actual structure, we don't think is is something that you know is worthwhile looking into for at least you know the next decade or so. Uh, that being said, in in terms of more I guess hands-on uh, input from the consumer. We're we're almost there. We're not, you know. Everybody likes to look at configurators that you would find, let's say, on, on any major car company's website. There's no reason we can't have that in housing. Of course, what makes that though come to life isn't just being able to, you know, build a program that shows different house types and variations, but actually getting real-time feedback. Um, of, of, of time and price and, uh, you know, which is, of course, requires data. And that, that's one of the reasons why we integrated the supply chain design and production in order to eventually get to that point. But, but we're not as far away as, 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 as one would think. Hmm. What role does the architecture community have here? Because it's, it's if, you're, if you're designing and you're integrating that design with, with the manufacturing what role is there for architects in this new world of of, of MMC? There's there's absolutely a, a role. I mean, first off, what we can provide is a catalog of not only house types but of components, and you can mix and match those components in any way that you'd like. And the variations again could be, I mean, vast. I mean, really, uh, it's, I, I can't even give you a number because uh, we're getting into a very large. Uh, the, the, numerically, it's 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 pretty big, uh, but who's going to put that together, and who is going to really um, decide ultimately what's best for the customer? So, I mean, architects. If you were to hire an architect, so to speak, for you know, a traditional site, there's no reason why you wouldn't hire that same architect to work with Top Hat in MMC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, what I mean, just looking forward, it, it strikes me there's a uh, you know, a pretty strong opportunity, a pretty big opportunity right now to try and influence the way that Britain bounces back from, uh, you know, from the COVID crisis. And, and clearly we're looking at a dip 
in, in economic activity, but there's obviously going to be a focus on building homes, particularly, uh, particularly at council level. So what would you like to see them do? How would you like the public sector and the UK government to embrace MMC? And, and you know, especially given that companies like Top Hat uh, and others that we've spoken to, such as LNG, Lang O'Rourke, Ilka, uh, you guys are all investing significant amounts of investors' money in innovation, in R&D, which, as you've said, has been lacking from this sector for, for 20, 30 years. So how would you like the, the government to, to, to harness that investment you have made and, and take it forward for public good? I think that there's a great opportunity for local councils to start doing their own development the way that they were doing, uh, you know, in the 1970s. I think that, you know, Top Hat, you know, impact can can give that power of development really, and and and, and control over the supply chain that that how that local authorities need in order to get there. And so, I mean, I think that this is just you know a wake up call and say, look, you know, we can take back you know kind of the the these sites uh, and develop them ourselves. And so, you know, to hit our housing numbers, you know, I'm not saying that MMC necessarily is the only solution, but it certainly you know, along with local authorities can can bridge the gap between what is being built in this country right now and what needs to be built. It's just a question of getting those, you know, again, control over that supply chain, which which Top Hat can uh, provide. So let's just play with that point for a second, Jordan, on the you know, point around councils having more control over their supply chain, taking a more, you know, a more feet-first approach to house building, which is something, let's face it, it's something that many people have been a bit concerned about over the last years. This thought about councils doing construction, councils as developers, it, it scares a lot of people. How, you know, what do you see as being the way to get around that? And, and, and you know, is MMC really the, the silver bullet for this? Yeah, well, you know, if you look at the reasons why people wouldn't necessarily want councils doing their own development, it goes back to quality issues. Uh, that, that you saw maybe in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I think nowadays, with the quality control coming out of MMC, uh, and again, that you know, the, the development of that supply chain of MMC as, as the supply chain to local authorities and having companies such as Top Hat do their own quality control checks, it's different than procuring you know, local contractors uh, to, you know, to build homes uh, at you know, whatever you know, cost... Um, that it comes in at, so to speak, without a lot of quality control. And so if, if that is the issue that people are most concerned about, we can definitely address that. So presumably, given that given that many councils don't have the skills and resources to do themselves, the fact that MMC can offer them an integrated opportunity, an integrated uh, blend of design and, and manufacturing and delivery, that can can often fill the gap that councils have in terms of the, that resource locally. Absolutely, Re resource development is a complicated business, and you 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 require one would require a lot of resources to do a, just a, a a small twenty home development. And again, that's why it's it's it makes a lot of sense to aggregate these resources into you know top businesses that can 
provide the finished product at a quality and a cost that you know that that would otherwise not be achievable. And so that's that's one of the benefits that Top Hat brings to the table. We can bring that kind of cost control, quality assurance, you know, purposeful design that that you wouldn't necessarily get if you're a local authority that was doing it on your own, or you would need to build a pretty big team and do a lot of development in order to get there. Thanks very much to Jordan Rosenhouse from Top Hat. Lots of exciting discussion there around bricks, very much an English obsession. Um, and let's bring in Mark Farmer, the government's MMC champion for home building. Mark, bricks, are they an English obsession or is this something you see right right around the world? You've been obviously traveling, you've been on a world tour in the last couple of years, upschooling the world on on MMC. You've been out to Australia, you've been out to Asia, out to the States. Do do those guys get equally as excited and obsessed by by this as as we do over here? Um, I I think it's fair to say probably not. I think uh, the the sort of British culture when it comes to architecture and construction technology seems to be more tuned to using masonry and, and artisan-led working um, in uh, at its core, and it's probably you know less amenable to to looking at different systems of building. Most other developed economies have a broader range of architectural treatments in terms of how they're building both facades but also internal construction as well Uh, and that that leads to a much more varied form of manufacturing based techniques in some parts of the world than others so you know and i think it's important in this debate you know it shouldn't be about it shouldn't be a binary thing you know in terms of is it brickwork or is it mmc which is where a lot of people tend to take that whole discussion I, i i don't think it's as um, black and white is that I think you know the way in which buildings are built needs to be a variety of different approaches that uh, respects um, traditional working as well as enabling innovation to happen side by side with it and you know some of what Jordan was talking about in terms of the innovation that he's um, invested in, in terms of his 3D printing um, approach to replicate brickwork is really interesting i think it's sort of a marriage of the two worlds where you have an aesthetic which is completely traditional and then his system which i've seen i've actually seen it um in, in uh, up close is um is capable of replicating any visual scenario whether it's brick or stone or, or render or, or anything else actually for that matter uh, it's using materials that are completely traditional it's brick dust so it's not some new um uh, uh, fangled material. It's, it's it's a traditional byproduct, actually, of 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 um, of brick manufacturing. Um, it's actually from an end, from a performance perspective, it's better, as Jordan said. It's got um, less porosity, but visually, and I think this is a, a, for for the British public, it's more about visual cues. And to see a brick building, I think, still has a sense for whatever reason of um, solidity of 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 um, you know familiarity with a, a British vernacular. That, that is very, very common, obviously. So to be embedding that into an MMC approach and being able to replicate those visual cues through a, 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 a manufactured approach um, that can be panelized, can be high productivity, has got, got better green credentials, I think it's a really interesting coming together of, of, of the two worlds that, that, that I've just described. And, and he was quite, he was very positive, wasn't he, about wanting to work directly with local authorities and councils and rather than, than sort of box them into a corner and force them to change tact. His 
his approach is actually very pragmatic, isn't it? It's let's work with these uh, the, the the visions that people have and and using technology, he thinks there's a way to actually, as you say, Mark, marry them together. And, and rather than say, this is what we're going to give you, it's a, it's an ability to say, well, what what kind of look do you like? What's your what's your aesthetic of choice? Uh, and we'll find a way to use technology to deliver that, which potentially could actually help fight off some of the nimbyism that's still pretty rife right across the country. Yeah, and I, and I think you know what Jordan's doing and what Topat uh, is doing is really important work in terms of sort of busting that prefab myth, as it were, in terms of you know prefabrication equals poor design quality. That that is no longer the case, and what Topat have been producing as evidenced with their initial schemes, including the one that they're delivering at the moment in Chatham, uh, in Kent, uh, clearly shows what can be done with a design-led approach to MMC. Uh, including volumetric modular MMC, which is what Top Hat are delivering. So you don't have to create dull, stereotypical architecture. If you, you you can create interesting buildings that actually people want to live in, actually sit well in terms of a place and community, in terms of how they're put together with public realm and how they're varied, so that they 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 actually um, uh, create really interesting places that, that actually bust this myth, as I say, that we're still struggling with of post-war prefabrication, which sort of gives a sense of standardization being the enemy of design quality. I, I think what Jordan described was through his technology platform, an ability to create sort of more mass customization so that, you know, he has a kit of parts, they, there's a digital inventory and catalog designers. He can work with architects, external architects can work with his system to be creative. There's just a standard kit of parts that you use and you put it all together and then it gets pre-manufactured. And that then you know, makes it more planning friendly. So, so the debate about the planners, you know, not only are you going to get consumers on board and, and, and developers who get comfortable with what it looks like, you're going to get planners comfortable that, that, that you're not going to create something that looks out of context with the surroundings um, and actually is, is create, you know, the, 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 the interests of the end user and, and, and the public at large are being protected because you're creating great places. And the other thing he talked about, as well as the planners, was trying to encourage and empower a, 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 an ability for, for local authorities to, you know, to to take back land and and to also have more control over delivery. Because we, we've we've flirted with this over the last couple of years, haven't we? This this sense of enabling councils to become developers, something that the the previous uh, you know pre Keir Starmer was was a Labour policy suggestion wasn't it around enabling councils to to directly commission and to essentially become housing developers and and uh the view from uh the view from jordan is that actually using this sort of system could enable that to happen without them needing to suddenly start employing half of savills yeah so, so jordan made a really good point in terms of the the latent potential that still exists in our local authority uh, sector to to sort of re-energize a, a you know a new modern council house building program, if you like, in in, in terms of putting numbers out there of of quality units, and one of the big barriers to that has clearly been the sort of physical infrastructure in terms of the people in local authority development and planning teams and construction teams have all disappeared over the last thirty odd years as as local authority building has wound down. So what modular um, development and manufacturing enables you to do is offer a really painless and and uh, resource light approach to remobilizing building at scale 
So, you know, most of the quality-led manufacturers are offering turnkey solutions now. So they're not just manufacturing modules. They're putting that into a, a, a wider offer, which includes the development management advisory. Some some um, will, will take jobs through planning um, as part of their, their offering um, and then deliver the turnkey of the construction in a really simple way where you don't have all of the interface issues that you'd have with a normal construction project. The procurement is much more simple. Simplified, uh, and you're taking the pain away. So, in some respects, it's it's a really interesting fit with how, you know, a, 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 a re-emerging local authority house building program can be connected with modular manufacturing to 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 really turbocharge delivery, and 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 that um, has got to be a good thing for for the UK's housing delivery. And and finally, then, I mean, given this focus on technology, how likely and and how how possible is it that, that businesses like this could become exports from Britain, export businesses, export innovations that could be globally used? Just in, you know, in the way that we've got people like Sekasui House coming over here, the Japanese uh, housing business that's partnered with Urban Splash. Um, could we could we not be looking in the next few years to be sending some of these businesses from England to Europe to the rest of the world? Yes, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got no doubt that that is something that we can do, and the government have clearly made it an ambition as well. In the last few months, they, they've clearly wanted to make MMC um, something that is an export opportunity. In my view, is that that we're not necessarily talking about exporting physical modules here. So I don't think the when we're necessarily talking about shipping modules, you know, out from Southampton. Docks no, no, no. But to, we're, yeah, we're, we're talking about the platforms, aren't we? We're talking about yeah. the, the software and and because you know, all of this stuff is going to be cloud based if it's not already, and and particularly with the advent of five G that makes everything a lot more easy to do. The the potential impact of 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 five G on manufacturing is is, is going to be huge, and it, that that means potentially that if you're a council in Shrewsbury or down in Kent that you can liaise with someone in real time using that platform, whether it's to to, to check quality or whether it's to have a debate over what kind of brick you want or, or whatever it is. And that that potential, uh, I, I don't. I, my suspicion is that that no one really in government has, has really recognised that yet, unless you unless you unless you really disagree. No, I think I think government recognises that the the opportunity is all about the technology and also the manufacturing execution. So there's two dimensions to what if we can prove it and prove it well in the UK. And at the moment, we're a net we're a net recipient of, be, of global best practice from overseas. So you've already mentioned Japan, Sekasui House, um, businesses like Bekluk from 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 Sweden as well um, are, are sharing best practice. We can flip that and actually make that an export opportunity by taking that best practice and learning, innovating from within the UK as well, and making British solutions that can travel. And that is going to be a combination of technology-based platforms that are scalable. So the IP that sits within uh, end-to-end integrated platforms that include ERP, manufacturing execution, construction delivery, um, you know, operational manuals, the whole um, the piece of the, the journey from uh, land asset acquisition through to handover, but also proving the manufacturing as well. So, so manufacturing is a is a risky business. So you have to physically set up factories and prove how the machines work together, what your flows are, your logistics. And once you've done that, you can template it. So the combination of that plus your technology platform is the exportable element. And I'm pretty hopeful that some of the businesses we're now seeing starting to come forward in the UK will 
end up being net exporters of what they do through either license agreements, whether or joint ventures or other forms of partnership participation uh, in other parts of the world. So thank you once again to Mark Farmer, the government's MMC champion for home building. And also thanks, big, big thanks to Jordan Rosenhouse from Top Hat for that fascinating conversation a bit, a bit earlier on today. If you'd like to catch up with any of the other interviews we've had over the last week with Ilka Holmes, with LNG, with Lang O'Rourke, with Project Utopia, Homes England, or any of the other fine analysis that we've had from Mark Farmer, please go to propertyweek.com. Please search Propcast in your browser. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify and countless other places. Please do subscribe. Please give us a rating as long as it's positive. Please share this with some of your friends and contacts. And if you'd like to get involved and, and have a conversation on one of our future episodes, please get in touch. But thanks very much for listening. I'm Andrew Teacher and I'm the founder of Blackstock Consulting. Take care and I hopefully see you soon.